Bienvenidos and welcome to the next installment of Lead Media Programming from Studio 54, campus of California State University San Bernardino, the digital media platform for inspired educators, leaders, and community activists and advocates taking our message directly to the people, to the gente. Thank you for sharing our common interests in the analysis, discussion, critique, dissemination, and commitment to the educational issues that impact Latinos. I'm your host, Dr. Enrique Murillo Jr., and this episode is a syndicated replay from season 10 of Lead Summit 2019. The theme that year was Su Voto Es Su Voz, Everyone Counts, and this panel is entitled Unleashing the Giant, Voter Registration and Civic Engagement. We can only edge closer to the representation of our community when we use our vote as our voice. So our presence can not only be felt in the electorate, but public policies can better resemble and reflect the needs of our community. As educators, advocates, and leaders, we must all work together to engage the next wave of voters, Latinos or otherwise, so as to build a civic society and representative democracy inclusive of all of our interests. The panelists discuss efforts to promote the broader movement for social and economic justice through increased civic participation, working with community-based educational, religious, labor, and other organizations seeking to build civically cognizant and active neighborhoods. Continue and enjoy the full value and complexity of this episode. We extend our appreciation to all our lead sponsors and partners, planners, volunteers, speakers, and panelists, production team, affiliates, and town hall chapters, and commend them all for lifting their voice and uplifting the plight of Latinos in education. Thank you, gracias, Plaza Camate. So our next panel will be introduced by Cecil, we call her Cecilia, Cecil Dahlquist. Cecile is a board-certified family nurse practitioner in the Student Health Center, Palm Desert Campus, um, and is a doctoral candidate, cohort 11, in the Educational Leadership Program here at Cal State University, San Bernardino. All yours, Cecile. Thank you very much. It is not time to go to sleep yet. It's the last session of the morning, but last does not mean least, because this panel is gonna be talking about unleashing the giant, how we do that, how are we going to unleash the giant, voter registration and civic engagement. And it's a panel discussion, so you get to interact. Now is the time for Latinos to unleash the giant, energized and empowered and reflective of the growing diversity in the United States. It must begin with exercising the right to vote. We can only edge closer to true representation of our community when we use our vo vote as our voice. So our presence can not only be felt in the electorate, but public policies can better resemble and reflect the needs of our community. As educators, advocates, and leaders, we must all work together to engage the next wave of voters Latinos or otherwise, I'm the otherwise, so as to build a civic society and representative democracy inclusive of all of our interests. The panelists today will discuss efforts to promote the broader movement for social and economic justice through increased civic participation, working with community-based, educational, religious, 
labor, and other organizations seeking to build civically cognizant and active neighborhoods. Among the topics are increasing voter registration. How do we do that? How do we awaken the sleeping giant? The need for practical and targeted voter education, critical engagement and particip participation rates, and organizing and exposing Latino youth and community members to social change opportunities and long-lasting community power. So don't go to sleep yet. Lunch is coming. So on our panel, we have three people today. I'm pleased to introduce to you Janet Bernabe, who is the Riverside Regional Coordinator for Mi Familia Vota. We have Luz Gallegos, who is the Community Directions Director, community, I'm sorry, Community Programs Director for TODEC Legal Center. And we have Francisco Sola, who is the Chair of the Latino Voter Registration Project. <laughs> I'm going to turn it over to them, and they will each tell you a little bit more about themselves. Okay, um, so thank you, thank you. Um, so yes, um, as mentioned, my name is Janet Bernabe. I'm the regional coordinator for Mi Familia Bota. Um, I oversee, currently oversee um, the Inland Empire, Super Riverside, San Bernardino County, and if needed, I'm an alley in Orange County, which that, it's a lot of um, ways to go. But um, yes, we have several programs that we work with right now. One of our, our more successful programs that we have, we have our Youth and Leadership Program um, with students, and naturally our students will, they're volunteering outside our table. Um, we do promote civic engagement, so civic engagement could go from voter registration, voter education, um, citizenship workshop, citizen um, DACA workshop, and also um, citizenship classes. Um, we do partner up with other organizations. I truly do believe that doing something um, collective work, it makes anything more possible and to get um, a bigger turnaround, especially to get the um, Latino community involved. And I'll pass it on to Luz. Hello, Luz Gallegos from TODEC. Uh, a little bit of history because I think it's important to give you all some context to um, where we were at in the Inland Empire many years ago. Our TODEC was founded in the city of Paris in 1984 uh, by our founders, Luz Maria and Antonio Ayala, that are here. And uh, they, when, they actually migrated from the state of Michoacán, Mexico, um, uh, over 40 years ago. They migrated to Viva Michoacán. <laughs> so when they first came to um, East LA, they were already organizers back, at, back, back in their state, and they uh, reincorporated re, uh, re with um, Nuestro compañero por Corona and Cesar Chava, so they were part of that mover, they were part of organizers. So when they moved out to the IE, they start, we had of, um, I don't know how many of you all have been here in the IE, but we had, we lost a lot of our fields, especially in Riverside County, we, there was a lot of uh, farm workers and a lot of injustices, not only dealing with labor, but also with immigration. So that's when our organization was founded in 1984. Uh, at that time, we were mobilizing to DC to get the Amnistia Plus IRCA in 19, um, that passed in 1986, but that was a grassroots effort, and organiza our organization was part of that effort, mobilizing to DC to, to talk to the electors, because we're talking about civic engagement, and it's very important for our youth and uh, to know about the history um, where we were at and where we are now. We are definitely in a better position in the Inland Empire. Then um, when we were able to advocate for the amnesty at the national level, along with other organizations that were part of that movement, we passed La Amnistia. Right away, um, TODEC was founded in 1984. Since then, uh, that's how we started with our legal services. We started 
helping all these uh, legal permanent residents that were benefited from the amnesty to get their legal paperwork. Right away, um, we started with our education, teaching them English, and uh, there was a lot of injustices in the IE, uh, but our founders were visionaries and they were, change, they were change makers because they had a vision. They said, how are we gonna make change in the Inland Empire? if we don't have a political power. So they knew that their, fo their focus was civic engagement. They knew that these uh, uh, thousands of people that they helped get their legal status, at one point they were gonna be able to be, they were gonna be eligible to become US citizens. So we focused on community organizing, we focused on civic engagement and advocacy. Although we were advocating for so many injustices, we knew we couldn't create change if we didn't have the right representation. So um, I'm very happy and honored to tell you that Todek has helped over 100,000 immigrants become U.S. citizens since 1984. <laughs> that has translated to our change in our region. Uh, Right away, since then, the organization has grown. Uh, we were founded in the city of Paris. We've grown to be regional. We serve Riverside, San Bernardino, and Imperial counties. We have an office in Paris, our headquarters, an office in Coachella, and another one in the high desert in Victorville. But we have workshops throughout the region. But uh, not only our focus, uh, we were focusing on creating change. We were advocating for better better uh, policies that really, uh, re that really brought justice to our immigrant community. And uh, as we continue with that, we saw, we were, we were turning out so many people, becoming citizens, getting them out to vote, registering them to vote, but we weren't creating, we weren't being impactful. So uh, right then and then uh, 2011 hits, and that's when redistricting happened. Uh, Todek was part of that mobilization along here with um, El Compañero Francisco and a lot of other advocates to mobilize to the commission meetings. We were mobilizing our base because we we're a base building organization. We have over 80,000 members in the IE. So we were all throughout the region where the commission meetings were going on. We were mobilizing. People were elevating their voices. We came together with the Compañero to redistrict to uh, make sure that the, the, the maps that we were presenting were being approved because our votes were being um, they, they weren't having impact. So as we were coming together with um, going to the commission meetings, the very last commission meeting, I know Francisco remembers, here in the county of in San Bernardino with the Board of Soups, as we were leaving, the commissioner comes out and tells um, our Luz Maria Yala, which our, our executive director, she said, gracias por venir, ya se van. And she didn't know he was a commissioner because they were up in the, in the platform. And he said, ya vámonos, subanse a los vans, a los bases. No, señora, yo soy el comisionador. I'm the commissioner, and, and we've seen your organization every single meeting, and because of, the, of you elevating the voices of our community, we're going to respect the maps that you guys are supporting. Bam, right away, 2012 hits, we start seeing representation at all levels of government and the elections now we have representation that really reflects our inland empire. We see, we have Dr. Ruiz, um, Dr. Ruiz and Coachella, we have representations at all levels of government, but that took community effort. And we're, we're very uh, proud of our citizens. You saw them earlier. We, I wanna recognize them, some of them that are here today in our youth, because we're building continuity to our work because we have a leadership pipeline. I came from the leadership pipeline, a lot of our staff, a lot of our, our youth here, because we need to continue building continuity to the work. And I could, I could say that the Inland Empire has leveraged the power in the state of California since then because of all these efforts, uh, not only of our organization, but a lot of other compañeros in the state. Entonces, um, 
Con esto, I want to share um, a little, we, we're going through a lot of changes with the political environment right now, but uh, what, one thing we could say is that we are united and IE is in a better position. Muchas gracias. Mi nombre es Francisco Sola, and I am a volunteer with the Latino Border Project. We started this project at the era of 187, uh, 27 years ago or so, uh, hosting a project uh, in the city of Riverside for the Southwest Border Registration. So it's an honor to be here with Ms. Camarillo and uh, Ms. Gonzalez, because that's where we got the start. And the project was so successful uh, that we decided to create a permanent group and we've been working uh, since uh, up, up to today. One of the challenges that we have and still remain is local and city council, as it been mentioned, and school board and county supervisor. And that was the focus of our group. We have uh, a lot of barriers that still exist that is hindering the uh, election of, of uh, Latinos to these type of areas. And I hope we can, in the question session, we can address more of that. So as we continue developing a tradition of voting in the Latino community, I'm happy what we're doing with the, at the state level and in Congress level. Can you imagine that there are only seven Republicans in Congress in, in, in California? Well, you know, they're working very hard to lose our votes. So one of the things that, you know, if we have um, conquered that kind of um, uh, representation and the state at, at Congress level, we have to continue pressing out in the local election. This is our next challenge. I hope we can talk about it in the next part. Thank you. So at this time, we have our esteemed panel up here, and we can open up the conversation for anybody who has questions. Hello, everybody. My name is Alexa Victoriano. I am a non-traditional student, also a puentista, um, from East Los Angeles College. Um, also, was a former student trustee for the largest community college district in the nation, um, the Los Angeles Community College District. Um, so, my question is that I've heard a lot of great, amazing things from you all, saying that you guys are all mobilizing in large numbers, which is absolutely great. But what I would like to know is that how will your organization not only engage? but mobilize college students, given that 72% out of the 1.3 million Latinx students are enrolled in community colleges. So how will you engage and mobilize us college students to ensure that not only we register to vote, because it's easy to register mm -hmm. folks, but how do we mobilize them to ensure they get to the poll? Francisco, would you like to take that one? As you heard, the, the, our distinguished Secretary of State we have made a lot of progress in voter registration. For many years, our challenge was, you know, we can get the, out of the boat, but we have so many people having registered, so the focus was in voter registration. Actually, we're changing the name of our organization from voter registration to voter mobilization because of that. We are a group of volunteers, so our approach is different because of the limited resources that we have. And we use the concept of captive audience. You are my captive audience now. So you have to listen to me. So we try to go to uh, places where we're able to get a lot of Latinos, and that will say fiestas. If we go to the high schools, we try to do the voter registration, the mobilization drive. 
at the graduation assembly or being uh, at the school setting. You know, the religious organization's been very good because you go to a, a mass and there's like 500 to 1,000 people in that mass. The other concept that we try to push is a lot of people tell you, well, you can put a table outside or, you know, we always try to have somebody from the organization that give our message, promote the message, and then, then when people get out or, or we do the voter registration, people are aware as different when you're outside that you're sitting down in a table. So that's what we do with community college. We try to engage with the student body, with the Puente project, because it's always good to have somebody from the organization that is also addressing the, the voter registration part. Um, I would like to add, um, lo que se necesita es ganas, uh, más que nada, um, we are here to help, all, all of us here, and to engage with you all, but it also takes from you, from you, the youth to step up and get involved with these organizations. I know we have a youth, uh, within our program, our, our, one of our programs that deals with leadership um, engagement is our Las Monarcas Luchadoras that were part of the procession, but we have several, we have several leadership programs that, lo que se necesita es que ustedes nos se acerquen. You know, you guys also need to step up. It's it, because as it is, we, we are in limited resources in the Inland Empire. We are constantly overshadowed by different, by LA and San Diego. But we, we do need to come together, um, together as a community. Um, as you were to come together, um, together as a community, um, as you were, ta as, we came together in so many um, different spaces. Um, it came to mind a song that when we were mobilizing, um, when I, it came to mind when, um, Alex, the secretary, was talking about Prop 187. We came together across the state because we had a governor that was very, very anti-immigrant. And I remember we all came together throughout the state, people that wouldn't even step up. We had to go across the line with our Asian Americans, our African Americans, and we put together a, a song, and I want to sing it to you all because it goes along with what um, la compañera said. Asiáticos y afroamericanos, nos unidos a una coalición de diferentes organizaciones, sacaremos al viejo sesentón, sacaremos ese güey de barranca. So it's the same thing. We see, we see history. Thank you. We see history repeat itself, um, especially with this new administration, but we all have to come together and we all have to step out of our comfort zones and that's what we continue telling our youth. We cannot stay silent because staying silent is a sin. Awesome. So I would, I would add on to that um, really briefly. Um, we do have really successful ways to mobilize our students. Um, we currently do have our youth leadership and civic engagement um, program for our youth. We work with um, different high schools in Riverside County. Now we're trying to see if we can move forward to San Bernardino County. Um, and it's about educating our students, not letting them know what, yeah, not just to register to vote, but also what the importance is and what is at stake. So if you're not voting, you're letting someone else vote for you. And as I'm gonna add on to Francisco's um, dialogue as well, we do put ourselves in spaces where we can be directly in contact with college students. Um, myself as um, a student myself, I'm doing my master's in American studies and I do know that you get you know, sidetracked with school, whatever it might be, and sometimes students only have like 
two minutes of your attention. So trying to bring that, you know, importance of what's going on and knowing that the, you know, the political climate that's going on right now um, and how it's affecting our community as well. So just, you know, advocating for that and giving the, the tools to students to not just register, but to educate them as well. Thank you. Do we have another question? Yes, hi, my name is Patricia Luna, and I, I wanted to make a comment or suggestion. I was part of the uh, Hoy Marchamos, Mañana Votamos, mm -hmm. and then I remember when I was marching, I was marching with my kids, now they're grown-ups, and then they vote when they, they, it was time to do it, they did it. But one of the things that I noticed is that, I mean, it is good to inspire everybody to vote, but what are we doing in regards of um, educating or guiding people to vote strategically, strategicamente. I mean, to be independent, because what we see now, if we don't like it, we can vote the other way, you know? Mm -hmm. But that's, that's one of the things that worries. And the other, the other thing that I'd like to suggest to you guys, if you guys have a talk show or, or something that guide weekly, at least, uh, the community to know what that what strategically, voting strategically means. I'm sorry, every time I speak in English, I get nervous and I get stuck. <laughs> but I really, I, I, I got inspired by a talk show, it's called Fernando Espuelas, uh, Cafe Espuelas, and I learned a lot about voting, going out and voting. And if you cannot vote, inspire somebody, somebody mm -hmm. else to vote, right? But I think, um, It'll be nice if we can have that guidance at least weekly, and I think radio or around social media, something weekly that is reminding us to, to do it good, you know? Thank you. Thank you, Patricia, for your, for your question. I think um, I, I really like your question. Uh, I could share a little bit of what we do. We hold... Uh, for voter workshops, voter educational workshops, where we just don't have them on election, we have them throughout the year. We're, we're, because as a nonpartisan organization, for us, it's, for us it's important not just to be, make people citizens and register to vote and get them not to vote, they need to research, they need to learn how to research of candidates or propositions. Because for us, we, it's, the research part is so important, and that's why uh, I, I really enjoyed your question because part of the thing is not just engaging them and empowering them with this power, but how are they going to use that power? So we do hold uh, workshops, first-time voter workshops, or when there's uh, elections coming up or propositions where we go over the ballot, and how are you going to research your candidate? Right, because now everybody wants the Latino vote, but what have they done for us? We need, we can't just go off the parties because sometimes the parties could, you know, they might not be. It, it, we have to go for the, as a as, when we're researching someone, we have to look at the person, the background they have, what have they done for their community? Because, and then the. And that way we could make the right decision. But at the same time, the voters, we, as voters, we have a big power. Maybe they get elected one year, but if they don't, if they don't, uh, if they don't come through with their promises, next time they're going to want to be elected, and that's when their, their, their vote's really going to count. You know, that's when we're going to say, well, you didn't do what you, what you, your platform didn't align with mine. So, yes, cuando los tumbamos, verdad? So um, it's very important to be engaged and be um, educated. We do have those workshops. Please reach out to us. We'll be more than happy to um, start workshops in your community. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, our, goal, our goal is to develop a tradition of voting in the Latino community. 
uh, as I mentioned, in particular in the, city, in the local elections where we have a dirt. And to that end, we, we can concentrate now more in education and mobilization because of the progress we made in the uh, voter registration. So, you know, you address different communities with different needs. You know, one of the things that I, uh, we approach is when you go to a high school, you know, we can talk about uh, marijuana legislation and everybody start paying attention. So those type of issues and, uh, you know, and, and, and uh, educate people that, you know, the decisions that elected officials make are affecting the, us every day. Uh, I, recently I'm giving a, a very good example when we go through the community of the changes in our representation uh, allow us to get the School of Medicine at UCR up and running. Uh, we're doing a Chicano Latino uh, Chichmarin Museum in, uh, in Riverside. That Chicano Latino Museum is as a cost of $50 million for donations and for state uh, uh, contributions, allocations. If you compare that with the different approach of uh, a different politicians that they're putting $600 million in a jail in India. So those are uh, instances where we can start, uh, what are our priorities? So the, the opportunity of continuing uh, stressing the education part is, is, is very good and now that we get out the registration part out. Thank you. Thank you. So um, on our end, we currently, I, I work closely with other organizations. Um, I've been working with the League of Women's Borders in Riverside. Um, and it's the, the way they actually do their um, layout of the propositions is very useful. So I've been using that guide also to be able to um, have our voter education sessions. Um, and just using, you know, collectively what we already have instead of, you know, reinventing the wheel. But also taking a knowledge that um, even for my father, he became a citizen about four years ago. Um, don't just look at the, you know, uh, the candidate, if it's lat Latino name, doesn't necessarily mean they're going for Latino issues. So that's one aspect that I really emphasize all the time, like really get to know who the candidates are. Very important to get that, you know, ball rolling, um, such as right now there's a Riverside City Council um, election coming up in June attend the, the candidate forums. I know it's difficult for many of us to even attend, especially the times um, that they have these candidate forums, but that's why we guide our students, because I've noticed that our students are usually the ones that fill out you know, the parents' applications, even the, the voter registration form, which my dad has asked me, but you know, I can't do that. But I do guide him and I tell him, you know, this is what's going on, um, and you need to be informed. If you have any questions, I know everybody doesn't have the same guidance or a resource like myself, but it's just teaching one another that um, there are resources. And one of the things I love from the Le League of Women's Voters, um, they have multiple languages, so not just necessarily in, in Spanish. So we, we tend to use that guide to help us out to do presentations as well. Thank you. Hello, uh, my name is Josefina Canchola, and I'm actually part of the Puente Statewide Office. Um, but I'm also a delegate, an appointed delegate for the 57th Assembly District. Uh, the California Convention is coming up in May, and so I had a one suggestion and then also a question. My suggestion is in terms of organizing communities, you know, each one of the communities and respective uh, assembly district and senate districts are taking delegates to California's Democratic Convention. So I suggest as, as organizing communities that you meet with your delegates and that you say what the priorities are for your community so that that 
those voices can be delivered in, at the state convention uh, in May, one. Secondly, um, in terms of my question, I want to know, um, as organizing communities, how can we better strengthen the opportunity for our youth to interweave with cross-generation leadership development so, so that our new up-and-coming leaders are structured into a way where we're developing. I know that you talked about your youth programs, but how can we do it more structurally so that we can do it across the board and not just with specific communities? And I can actually answer that. Um, so we do, like I mentioned, we have our youth program, but we also have an internship program. Um, our interns, um, we are li literally grooming them to be mentors for our youth. And then vice versa, when our youth go into you know, um, higher education, they can also be mentors for the upcoming youth that are um, gonna be taking part in our program. Um, in addition to that, we've been finding ways to, um, to engage students um, and just, you know, we do have really good, also good relationships already with elected officials. And for myself, I put myself in settings where I can take um, action in giving um, recommendation. I just recently um, got um, an email indicating that I was going to be part of the Policy 47 Advisory Committee. So I'm going to be working closely with um, Eloise Reyes and focusing on issues within her district, which I'm gonna be the voice for those that, you know, are literally can't um, have a difficulty of attending any kind of meeting. So I take that um, in consideration to have um, students and myself be able to be in those kind of settings as well. So just it, overall, it's just mentoring and um, having that, that guidance so students can actually be leaders themselves. Well, that's exactly the, the issue here because as we um, in, improve representation, we have access. We have access to talk to our uh, legislature. We, in the past, you know, we didn't really have that influence. Uh, the, one of the things that is, is going on right now in the election for the city council is you have, a, a, you know, all the opposition that is running is, is, is uh, young individuals. The incumbents are usually older people, but because the election is set up for this next June, the turnout usually is very low, and the people who vote are the older people. So it's kind of a catch-22. How can you get representation for the youth if, if these barriers about uh, elections still remain? Yes, um, ditto to everything. Uh, through our uh, youth leadership uh, program, it's actually a pipeline, so it's a three decade, so we see a lot of our youth development coming back to community mentoring. We're also part of different committees um, with electeds. We, uh, we sit on, on uh, advisory committees for almost all our congressmen and um, in, our, in our region. We're also part of the, we're also part of the uh, census committee that's here um, in our region, so we're trying to plug into anywhere because it's very important for us to have those real, real conversations and be part of the table, so we could continue elevating the grassroots, the grassroots issues. And uh, thank you for your question. It, it is something that we've been working, working on, and it's, um, it's just so important as a grassroots organization. 
we need to continue elevating the voices of the grassroots because that's where the needs are uh, that's where the needs come from so especially with with our youth they have different needs than the adults so we have them to be part of our table they're, they're part of um, the organization board they're part of our uh, different committees that we have so it's a way to continue building that uh, leadership and, and leadership that's real leadership that comes from the grassroots that they know the suffering and they know that that's they're never gonna they're, they're, that's never gonna go away what we're creating is uh, community consciousness within our youth. That way they could come back as mentors and they could come back as professionals, but never forget where they came from. Thank you, Liz. I think our time is almost up. We, ha we have time for one more question. Buenos dias. Mi nombre es Sergio Cuauhtémoc Chávez y yo tenía una pregunta, pero antes de eso quisiera comendarles y y agradecerles por todo su trabajo. El trabajo de trabajar con la comunidad a veces va, no va reconocida como debe ser. So, gracias. I speak English too, but lo quiero dar en español para toda mi raza que está aquí, que es parlante español. Buenos días a todos. Este, y que viva la raza. Eh, más que nada es un comentario. Este, Además de, de educar a nuestro pueblo para votar, que es imperamente, es muy importante. Una de las sugerencias que tengo es si este pre presidente no se va a mover, y no se va a mover. Y en fin, él no es el problema, es solamente un asíntoma de un problema más grande. Él además es el big baby poster child de eso. Pero en serio, este, si ellos no van a hacer eso, nosotros tenemos que hacerlo nosotros. Como dicen en inglés, we have to do it in spite of. So, si ellos no van a decir que el día electoral va a ser un, un día festivo nacional, hay que promover que en, en California sea un día festivo estatal, para que la gente no tenga que ir a trabajar para enfocarse en el labor muy importante de votar. Segundo, este, reconocemos que nuestra gente está en diferentes niveles legales. So, además de, de este, hacerlo imperativo de que todo el mundo se re, reclame y que reclame su voto y su voz. También hay que reconocer que todos nuestros paisanos indocumentados también tienen poder y voz y voto, en, con su mano de obra y con su consumo. Y por eso es importante en, en, incrementar el nivel de influencia con nuestra comunidad y decir que sí tenemos. Nosotros construimos este país y nosotros construimos quizá esta universidad y este edificio, y nosotros mantenemos el pasto, nosotros pusimos la comida, nosotros la servimos, nosotros, nosotros cortamos la fruta, nosotros, si nosotros no existe. Y hablando de nosotros, estoy hablando colectivamente, toda la gente indígena, nuestros hermanos afroamericanos, nuestros hermanos asiáticos, toda la gente de color que ha sufrido a base de la opresión y es eso lo que estamos luchando, una liberación total de la represión que trae la pobreza y la injusticia y el racismo y para eso los, los encomiendo por su trabajo y sepan una cosa que no están solos ¿Mm? don't feel alone whenever you're walking just know this that all of your ancestors that came before you walk with you and all of the progeny that have not been born yet also walk with you so you are never alone gracias, gracias. Any final comments? Uh, 
Gracias, compañero, por sus palabras. Ah, como se me vino a la mente lo que nos decía César Chávez, somos un chingo y seremos más. Pero para nosotros como organización de que, que protege y defiende y, y involucra a la comunidad inmigrante y especialmente a las comunidades más vulnerables, es bien importante lo que estamos haciendo aquí en California porque desde que, que pasamos, que hicimos el cambio político, ya estamos viendo como el estado de California es un estado bien progresista que estamos, we're passing state law that really reflects on the needs of our vulnerable community, but that took decades to be done until we have this political force that are really people that are represented or reflective of our communities. So of course our, our undocumented communities have to be part of the, pro, uh, of, the, uh, of the process, but they also have to be part of the table because that's how we're elevating their voices. We just came back from Sacramento where we would mobilize for health for all, for, for, to expand uh, medical coverage for undocumented communities. Just like a compañero said, our people have worked here that they don't have a status or years and years and all their work, all their all the contributions to the economy and they can't even have a medical coverage. They're, a lot of our elders are dying. So we have to continue elevating the voices. We need to continue pushing policy that really protects and defends our vulnerable community. But that takes that takes a village, that takes all all our community and that's something that we have been doing within the organization. Porque un, un, un dedo rasca, pero un puño pega fuerte. Entonces, uh, And then, uh, we have we have a saying in Todek that um, was taught by us by our founders. Pobre del pobre, si al cielo no va, se lo chingan aquí, se lo chingan allá. And that's why it's important for us to be part of the table, for us to stay together, to, for us to be representing our communities, for us to educate our communities, not only providing them the services, but engaging all levels of our community. ¡Viva la raza! ¡Viva!